Do you think your business is too boring to have a podcast? Well, think again, because today we are bringing on someone from the least sexy part of real estate who has an amazing show, Mr. Mike Ham, right here, right now on Air Brands. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the On Air Brand Show. I'm Todd Genitasio, along with my guest host today, Mr. Mike Ham. Mike, what's going on, sir? What's up, Todd? My ears were ringing because you said something about working in the least sexy part of uh, the real estate industry <laughs> and also having an awesome show. So I was like, ooh, me, that's Boom. me. Jump right in. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that that's basically <laughs> what happened was, you know, we got a, a text from Amber last night, the usual co-host here. And she- actually an active attorney and she had to be in court today for some stuff um we were looking for a fill-in and you popped to mind immediately when uh josh eric and i were talking about who could potentially hop in here and um you know you came to mind immediately for me because you are using the power of podcasting and having a show to build your business right it's not you're not like oh i i like telling cool stories i'm gonna get on the mic and see what happens it's like you know your business and you have a podcast here tied together. So walk us through a little bit, like from the beginning, like how did the morning spotlight come to be, you know, how'd you get the idea and and when did you kick it off? Wow. All right. That's a very big question to kind of kick it off. But first off, like I said on the, you know, the the PodMax show just before this, I'm going to do my best to be a good co-host just because I know how awesome Amber is and, you know, I have a big shoes to fill for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the morning spotlight started really in May of 2020. So my whole job, I sell title insurance for a living. Uh, mm-hmm. So I work for a huge Fortune 500 company selling title insurance here in New Jersey. Uh, my whole job is literally to take people out for lunch, go to get drinks, go out to events, uh, you know, different things like that. I'm a schmoozer, for lack of a better <laughs> word. I just talk to people yeah. all the time and try to build relationships. Obviously. You're a Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey guy. We got crushed at the beginning of you know March, April, May. Couldn't do anything. Even yep. into the summer, people were still a little bit skittish about you know going to get lunch or, or there was no events happening. Yeah. So I needed a way to get my name and my face and keep myself relevant to the people that I need to keep myself relevant to. Real estate attorneys, developers, people like that. So I started running almost immediately. Like we went, I think lockdown was around like March 17th. Is that yep. right? Like somewhere yeah. around that, somewhere around yeah. that date. And um, I think the following Tuesday, I started running virtual happy hours. So I would run a every Tuesday virtual happy hour, did it for 13 weeks in a row, then did it every other week after that, um, and just started posting about them on LinkedIn and saw that I was starting to get more and more traction on LinkedIn. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I also noticed that when I put a video out, I would get more engagement. So then I was like, well, I have all these people that are in my network, whether they're real estate specific or not. I just have so many people that I can pull from and maybe start this thing. So I reached out to 10 people right out of the gate. And I said, this is what I'm thinking. We're going to call it the morning spotlight because every uh, weekday morning at 9 a.m., we're going to post a five-minute video of me interviewing you. And I lose use that very loosely <laughs> because I would basically write down three questions, send it to them, 
they would know what the questions were. A lot of times they would know what the answer, they, they would have their answers written down. So obviously it was very engaging content, very fun, you know, uh, just two people reading on a Zoom yeah. call. Um, <laughs> but uh, We all got to so, start somewhere. You exactly, know? right. I mean, I needed to do that because I was not the person that you see here on the camera right now. But it was basically like I would sit in my dining room out in my apartment on my, my Mac with my earbuds in, and that's how I started my show. Uh, so I did, I figured COVID would be over. I figured, you know, it would last like three or four weeks. I would <laughs> run out of people to talk to anyway. Next thing I know, I'm 12 weeks in doing 60 episodes of Oof. interviews. I did a couple yeah. uh, like blooper reels and some things like that just to kind of, yeah. you know, yeah, break it up, up a little bit yeah. and fill in some holidays. Um, and then eventually I just decided why not transition it into what it is now. So every, we do an episode a week on Tuesdays that is focused on real estate. So we brought it back to the core of what it is that I do. Uh, since then, we've evolved it several times. It was funny that the PodMax guys were talking about that before because my show has evolved probably like three or four different times over the last year. Yeah. Um, and now it's in this space where I do my, I do still do my traditional Tuesday episode where we talk about real estate or we talk with a person in the real estate industry and just kind of get to know them and what they're up to. Um, and now every Thursday we do something that's a little bit different. So we've had on NFL players, Olympic athletes, musicians, uh, other podcasters, uh, just a lot of different people that I just find cool because I yeah. call myself the coolest guy in title insurance. So why not have other cool people on? And that's kind of how the the brand has grown from May of last year when it first started. It was like a little rinky-dink operation to mm -hmm. now. Uh, it's still a little bit rinky-dink, but we're like <laughs> really we're maximizing. You know, it's like one of those like old cars that could still go really fast, but it's just held together by bubble gum and paper clips. So yeah. Uh, which, yeah, which is amazing to hear you say because like you look the part, right? Like you have. Per, you know, you have the perfect setup here. You look like a professional video podcaster. You got the mic with the boom arm and the pop filter and you got your headphones. You got this pro looking background, which I until you said screen earlier before we went on, I didn't even realize was a screen. So right. you even got the ratios of the picture frame sizes down to look proper behind you. Like, yeah. And, and yet, you know, we all feel this way of like, everything's just held together with, you know, with bubble gum and, and, and spit. So, you know, to hear you say that, but to everybody on the outside looking in, you're running a professional, uh, a professional gig here. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that sometimes I've had to have some, you know, conversations at work where it's more to the effect that like, wow, like this show looks really professional. How serious is he about his actual job? And the answer is right. very serious because if I'm going to put something out here, I don't want it to be, I don't want to, can I say ass? I don't want to half yeah. ass it. Yeah. You know, you got a whole asset. You yeah, got to go a hundred percent. You got to go all in because if you're yeah. going to do something and you're going to use it to grow your business, you need to put the best product possible that you could, that you can out there. And it's yeah. funny because I, I look back, you know, back in May when I was doing that LinkedIn show, that was the best that I could back then. Right. I, I couldn't do any better because I just didn't know any better. Yeah. Then the more I started getting, putting myself out there, coming to PodMax, doing different things like that, where I started to see what other people are doing, actually listening to other podcasts because I had never done that prior oh, wow. to starting one. And I, you know, my whole uh, mindset was just listening to, you know, w WFAN, Mike yeah. the Mad Dog, you yeah. know, Boomer and Carton, all those yep. kind of people that talk about sports all day. Yep. So I was like, oh, I'm going to try to do something like that. But I had no idea how they actually did it. But then just over time, it's gotten I, my capabilities have grown just by putting myself out there and trying different things and seeing what sticks. You know, yeah, that's, that's really the name of the game. 
that's such a great a great lesson for everybody who thinks that um who feels hesitant about getting started is that you know the truth is that we all suck when we start doing anything for the first time and you keep doing it and keep doing it and eventually you suck so little that you're as good as my cam <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i mean that's that's a great way to put it for sure because obviously i'm just incredible but uh <laughs> but no but I, but it just makes me excited because you know I, I mean you've been podcasting for a lot longer than me i think right how long have been you podcasting for I've had a few different shows dating back a couple of years. So I, right. I, I think my, yeah, my first show was uh 2016 ish, maybe 2017. Yeah. So yeah, right. I've had a couple iterations and, um, but it did, it did always start. I mean, when I started I'm trying to think like it definitely was no webcam, no, you know, I got a little ring light going on here. I got obviously the, the pro mic, but when I got started, it was, you know, my, the, the headphones that came with my iPhones plugged in and using the, the webcam that came on my Mac. And it was, like you said, same exact thing. We we had it was called um some it was like expert it was some kind of expert series or something we did for Propelify. And it was just me hopping on with people I knew were experts in their field and were interesting to talk to and having those interesting conversations and we you know hit the hit the go live button on Zoom. Yeah. And um and, th and that's how we, we got it started. So very, yeah. you know, very similar. Right. And then just look at like where you are now. I mean, yeah. now I'm sure like if we compared you talking to me right now <laughs> to that first ever, you know, couple episodes. I mean, I do yeah. that sometimes too. My mine are on my YouTube channel and I'll scroll back all the way to the very beginning and watch a couple of those. And I'm just like, Oh my God, yeah. like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. But it just, I mean, then I look, uh, have some perspective on the whole thing right. and look at kind of where I'm at now. I'm a little over a year in, if you count that original show yeah. and this is, this is what I'm, I'm capable of, you know, and yeah. I've seen my guests level up. I've seen work for my title insurance business increase because of this, yeah. you know, I yeah, mean, so I let's, yeah, let's pull ah, on that. Yeah. Let's pull yeah. on that thread. So, you know, you started this as you, you know, talking to other people in, in real estate to keep your relationship building going and keep those conversations. Like first, what's the relationship, um, between like you, you work at a huge company, right? Like it's not yeah. your own business. So, you know, did you have to go through any kind of compliance or approval or like ha what, what was that process like, or what is it like in terms of like you putting out content when, you have an employer. Uh, so I have always been trying different things on LinkedIn. And even when I started, like originally mm -hmm. when I started trying to do, I was a college baseball coach before I started telling oh, nice. insurance. So I literally had no frame of reference on how to do my job <laughs> when yeah. I started this. Um, and so I started, I started trying to do like regular phone calls, like picking up the phone and calling attorneys and whoever they don't want to talk to you, yeah. you know? So, and especially, you know, attorneys that are on the older side. So like I'm 30 years old. So I was yeah. calling attorneys that were 65 or 70 right. or whatever. They don't want to talk to me, you know, yeah. because they have these long, because the title insurance industry is all regulated. So it doesn't matter what company you go to, you're going to get charged the exact same price for essentially yeah. the exact same product. The yeah. forms look the same. It's just the logo at the top is different. So I needed a way to try to shake things up a little bit. So I started trying LinkedIn. Because if I want to try to attract attorneys that are in my age bracket, and most mm -hmm. of my work comes from attorneys that are between the ages of 25 and 40, probably, I need to put to be where they are. So yep. I started doing my cold calls on LinkedIn and got clients from that just by putting myself out in, in that space. So when it came time to do the show, I just started it. You know, because the the one thing that I really like about my job is that it's very entrepreneurial. So yes, I work for a big Fortune 500 company, yeah. uh, the largest direct operation title insurance uh, underwriter in the country. And 
but they give you a lot of free, like as long as you're hitting your numbers and you need, yeah. and you're, you know, you're bringing in what you need to bring in they're they're okay with what you're to try something so that that's, was my first amazing. foray yeah that was my first foray into doing linkedin way back four years ago then last year obviously trying the the first little sh- I, mean, I was doing the virtual stuff then the first little show and then you know i would talk to my boss about maybe leveling it up a little bit and seeing if they could help out and they were all very you know uh receptive to that idea um so no, I mean, I really, I mean, occasionally there's been a couple of conversations this year, just because I think that, and, and I, I'm sure you could speak to this too. You don't see return right away when you're putting out content and right. content's just one of that, one of those things, whether it's a podcast or whether you're trying to, you know, crush it on social media where you could put stuff out all day and it's not going to be like, Hey, I saw your post. Here's a hundred million dollar deal. It doesn't happen. <laughs> right. And if that right. happens, then tell me what the algorithm is that makes yeah. that happen because I yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. cracked that one yet. But, yeah. um, you know, I think that's just one of those things where it, it just took time, you know? And then mm-hmm. I saw like towards the end of 2020, when I obviously, you know, things started to open up a little bit more and then, uh, you know, you get into 2021 where the stuff that I had done started to, to pay off a little bit. And I started to close more deals and, you know, open more deals and reach quotas faster than I have previously in my lifetime. So, you know, I just think that that's one of those things where content creation is a long game. Like it can't be, you know, let's just put some posts on LinkedIn and then expect to get deals in return it just doesn't work that way yeah yeah totally and and you know it's it's funny because 2020 basically like you know you had nothing else to do or go right like all the stuff all the time you spent doing other things was was taken you know you was freed up yeah and so you kind of had you know you had the ability to have the patience to to play that longer game and try something out for a while and see what happened and and that's exactly what happens and and you know we were talking about on today's Podmax podcast episode was the the real estate hackers event that's going on this weekend and the way that started was Chad you know was uh, a guest on Eric's show and he's like whoa this podcasting thing's pretty cool maybe I could you know maybe I should start start a podcast and he did and he just did it you know to get the conversations going and create something that was cool and that built up. And now they have, you know, I forget how many they said hundreds and hundreds of people going to this event this weekend, which, you know, by putting out the content, it builds an audience and an audience is, is like the best asset that your business can have. Right. Like I always say, the reason why I think having a show is so powerful for all businesses are the two assets it creates is content and audience. And when you have content as an asset, there's a lot of different ways you can promote it to, to create relationships at scale, to have people finding you, to nurturing people along. Once you meet them the first time, like you said, you don't get a $100 million deal out of nowhere. You got to stay on top of mind with them for a long time. And by putting out content regularly, those are assets that can keep you engaged without just having to send spammy follow-up messages for three years. Hey, yeah. are you ready for a title insurance? Are you ready in time? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, because I think like when you're doing so when I do my normal job, which is, you know, be in person and schmooze with people, yeah, you get like, let's say I take you out your your prospective client, I take you mm-hmm. out to lunch, I sit with you for an hour, we talk, mm-hmm. we have a great time, then uh, how much more can how follow up can I do before right. you before <laughs> you're saying this guy's so annoying, like I need yeah. to get him away from me. Yeah. But 
then you, you frame it in a different way. We go to lunch. We, we, you know, we sit there for an hour. We get to know each other really well. But then like you scroll through Instagram or you scroll through LinkedIn or you come on the podcast or I invite you on whatever yeah. it is. Next thing you know, like, my face is just in your face mm. more often. And yeah. that's what it is. Like you just need to like people need to remember you. My greatest fear last year. And I think a lot of what I did last year was motivation out of fear was that I would come into 2021 or whenever, you know, things got back yeah. to normal and people would be like, oh, Mike, I had no idea you were still selling title insurance. Like, you know, are you kidding? Like that's who wants that? <laughs> and so, I mean, there's only so much you could do through emails and following up and whatever. And, you know, just Zoom calls that have no like purpose right. aside from maybe just touching base. Right. But you start giving them value, whether it's entertainment or education. And next thing you know, they're just like, wow, that Mike, I, I just I don't know why. But I just seem to know, like, and trust him a yeah. lot more than maybe I did prior. Or maybe and you're, just, and you're here yeah. right now because of that. You came right. to my mind immediately when we were thinking who could be, you know, who could be a host on tomorrow's show, and and yeah. um, you know, you came to mind right away, and so it works. And right. and um, you know, in the non-spammy way, it's just being visible. And I always say, you know, activity equals visibility equals opportunity, and that's exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I, the more you show up and the more you show up as as close to authentic as you possibly can, the better opportunities that you have to build trust with people that you're not actually touching directly. It's yeah. just an indirect touch. But because I just show up as me like this is it. Like when right. I go visit Eric and Josh next week, this is what they're going to get. You know, so I hope <laughs> that they're ready. But I think that, you know, like that's one of the things, especially online because you know people scroll fast you know yep. their bs meters are very finely tuned so the more you can put yourself out there as just you and show up as often as you possibly can people just resonate with that a little bit more and they start to trust you more without actually having to have a sit down conversation with them and develop that rapport i guess yeah yeah and the bs meter is a big thing when it comes to the authenticity like you're talking about but showing up in the feed when we work with clients um a lot of them think it takes, you know, a lot of professional design or high production quality stuff and going through this whole process of creating graphics and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is our BS meter, like we've been trained since we were little that commercials are trying to sell you something. And so our BS meter is scrolling through the feed at lightning speed. And if we see something that's very polished and produced, that screams commercial, which tells me they're trying to sell me something, which means I don't need to slow down to pay attention to that because I don't feel like buying something right now. But yeah. when it looks real, like a normal person is posting it, it fits in the context. It's like I'm slowing down for half a second to see that and pay attention to it and catch, you know, what's that first line of the caption say? Do I want to pay attention more? But when it's when it's too polished, that actually lights up the BS meter faster for people, which is funny. Yeah. Right. Which is like that fine line you have to walk. I mean, you know, like, especially because I'm trying to get the most out of what I have, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, how far do I push it? You know, because right. I'm a one man show. Like yeah. I am head chef and chief bottle washer here at the morning spotlight. <laughs> and I, you know, am a sales executive with Fidelity, but I do, I do it all. So I'm trying to squeeze as much juice as I possibly can while still maintaining that, 
you know, authentic feel of putting myself out there in, in front of these people. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And, and it helps with speed too, right? Because if you did have to come up with like animated graphics for every segment of your show, every single day, like, you know, it would take you, that would be the full-time job oh, yeah. as opposed to being able to do the other stuff. So uh, I am curious, you know, you're, you're the one man show DIYing this whole thing and it's great. Like how much time do you have to put into all this every week? <laughs> Is this being recorded? <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, so probably it, it all depends because what I've been trying to do, especially as I knew that we were going to start to have more opportunities to do in-person stuff, I tried to front load as many episodes as I possibly could mm -hmm. because obviously, like you said, last year I had ample time. You know, right. it's basically just like you send me a time if you want to mm -hmm. be a guest on the show and I'll send I'll set it up and we'll do it. You know, it was yep. really no rhyme or reason to my schedule, but now I have to be a little bit more methodical on how I put all that stuff together. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, a, a few hours a week. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do my own editing. I am not the best audio editor, but yeah. I mean, I, I I like to think that I do put out a, a quality product on the on yeah. the other end. So yeah, um, you know, it's just I would say a few hours because I do record the episode, obviously, yeah, edit it, um, mm -hmm. and then I put together a couple, you know, two. Uh, videos that I put together on iMovie, you know, like yeah. a short video and a longer video for maybe like an IGTV or something yep. and a Canva post. And I send that to the guest um, and just kind of let them do with it as they please. Um, so, you know, all together, yeah, I would say probably like three or four hours a week, you know, yeah, maybe, that, maybe a little bit more. That's a great little tip there too, is that you send it to the guest too, because I think a lot of shows, even when they do their own promotion, they're not necessarily sending assets to the guest that the guest can then promote for themselves, right? That's another huge benefit for people to want to come on your show. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. When I, when I started, I would just like ask them to share, you know, like yeah. I'm going to post this stuff. Right. If you could share it, that would be right. great. I mean, 5% of the time yeah. they would actually share it. So yeah. it really didn't do anything, you know? Um, and then now I think giving them something, you know, and being like, Hey, I'm really, especially if we're, you know, recording an episode, maybe a month or two prior, giving yeah. them something as we lead up to that episode kind of reignites that fire right. and makes them excited again about coming on the show that they, you know, they're excited that they were on the show back then the episodes finally coming out and you give that to them. And then they're more likely to actually share it with their community. And that's the whole point of having right. guests because you want to leverage their communities to hopefully increase your community. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I also love having guests, uh, you know, picking guests strategically in, in the last show I did before on our brands. That's what it was. Basically I used my show for business development because cold outreach to people asking them to get on zoom and have a meeting versus saying, Hey, I have a podcast talking about your area of expertise. I'd love to have you on. You know, I had a hundred, you know, essentially 99% response rate for people interested in coming on. Yeah. And then that's how I opened and created relationships with people who I wouldn't have been able to do that before or reigniting or reengaging, you know, existing relationships that I wanted to get where I didn't want to just have another one person show. And I think, and again, turning, the conversations into content assets where, like you said, you go out to lunch with someone, you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, maybe it's great and it turns into one piece of business, but what happens when you just record that conversation and use it to amplify both people online? Well, that conversation that was maybe a one-to-one, -one, you know, input one, output one, now it's input one, output a hundred, and you're creating so much more amplification by just, you know, digitizing the conversations and turning them into assets for the business. Right. And it really just comes down to, I don't care what business that you're in. I mean, obviously it's, it's a little bit more uh, imperative in my business because it's all built on relationships and service. Mm -hmm. If you have, if one of them stinks, 
you're not <laughs> going to get any business. If you have bad relationships, obviously. If you have right. bad service, obviously. Right. Um, so it just really comes down to there's a lot of good title companies out there. I mean, you can go and get good work done by other companies, but why would you want to come here? You know, yeah. obviously you need to be able to figure out a way where you can add value beyond just like the fact that you may like me, you know? Right. So like I mentioned before, I mean, I've had clients on the show. I've had prospective yeah. clients on the show. I've like you've mentioned, I've amplified my scope to include people around the country. Now I'm doing yeah. deals in other States beyond New Jersey. Yeah. Are you, how does that work for, are you yeah. licensed just in New Jersey or you're full, you can go full national? I'm licensed just here in New Jersey, but because we're so big and I can you refer can, yeah, deals to other over. offices, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you know, and then, so that just everybody, everybody wins right. in that regard. But, yeah, that's um, but yeah, so doing deals, uh, you know, now in New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, other places mm -hmm. that, you know, just by meeting people through the show or meeting people virtually, or even connecting with people that were on other shows that I've listened or whatever it is, yeah. you know, I think that then you, all of a sudden this you know, you start leveraging not just your community, but then other people's community to try to amplify that uh, value add, you know? Yeah. So then, I mean, like, I, and I know that it must be working because I've seen other people in the title world start really podcasts since I started mine. Nobody yeah. beats the drum as loud as I do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm seeing it happening. So it must, Dude, that's awesome. there must be some like, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Some merit to what I'm right, doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. um, so yeah, so that's where the value add comes in. You have to yeah. add value in any way that you can. And this is how I'm trying to do it. Yeah. I, I love that. So it, when you got started, like how long for the people listening who are like, Oh wow. All right. I, I'm sold. My business I thought was boring, but it's nothing compared to the title insurance <laughs> industry. And you know, it, it's, it's working for, for this guy who started off with his, you know, just a pair of headphones and his laptop on his dining room table. Like, how long did it take for you to start seeing some kind of traction? Not necessarily dollars in the bank, but like, you know, you you set out with the virtual happy hours and then you started doing the 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 morning spotlight videos. You know, how long was it before you started to be like, whoa, something's happening here? Uh, I would say almost immediately when I started doing those little videos. Um, because I was rolling with my uh with my happy hour. So I would post and I would tag everybody that came to yep. the event and we would get 35 to 45 people. Oh yeah. Every that's week. a lot of people. Yeah. So then next thing I know I'm posting about that and then people want to come and join the event. Then I put this idea out to like my, like 10 core people that were at yeah. every basically event that mm -hmm. I ran. And the response to that was great. Um, and then started posting those and then people started seeing them and they're like, Oh, what is this? And you know, and my view count was honestly great. I mean, you yeah. know, I would get 750 views plus, which may nice. not be, you know, like incredible, but that's, yeah. that's solid. And then engagement yeah. on it was also really good. I mean, there were a couple maybe duds along the way and not because yeah, the guess was be bad. Duds. It's just, yeah. it's just going to happen. Yep. Or, but, could, you know, that day on LinkedIn, there's something else was trending, you know? Who exactly. Knows? Yeah. And I think that, you know, LinkedIn algorithm thing, yeah. I mean, I don't pretend to understand it. I was just trying things and seeing sure. what worked. Yeah. Um, and then I did, when I decided to transition it into what it is now, I knew the quality was going to be a lot better, but I knew that the, you know, total, I was going to see the, like, if I got 750 or a thousand views on a LinkedIn post, I'm not going to get 750 to a thousand views on a episode of the podcast. It's just right. a very different, you know, yeah. thing. And I knew that going in, yeah. which, and even, even though I did know it, it was still like a little bit, it like hurt yeah. me a yeah, little bit because course. now it just seems like my audience has shrunk. Yeah. But 
you still start showing up on those platforms. And even if, even if you put like an, uh, I was gonna say an hour and a half, a minute and a half video <laughs> up on LinkedIn of that episode, which is what I do anyway. Yeah. People are like, Hey, I love this podcast. Even right. they might not even listen to the whole thing. Right. But because that one gets 500 views, the podcast right. at the beginning was getting, you know, 25 to 50 views or listens, yep. you know, and then this thing starts to snowball a little bit and you start combining those numbers and you're just like, Oh, this actually works. You know, it doesn't yeah. have to be, you know, Rogan numbers or whatever. Right. It just has yeah. to be numbers that work for me. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. You have to know your audience. I mean, right. you might not get to have an audience that's huge. You know, if you have a very, spe- if I was super niche in title insurance, I mean, how many listens do you think I would possibly get? Right. 20. And, if that show you know, was crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like you said, like, no, you know, it's kind of like knowing what your goals are and being realistic within it and seeing like, how can you, get traction early in ways that make it worth it. And it's like, for one, you're just building the relationships that you were trying to build anyway. So you happen to be recording them and putting them out, Yeah. but you were already spending like, if you know, you're already spending the hour that you would have gone out to meet them for coffee or lunch or whatever. Now you're spending that, you know, doing the interview and then putting it out on social. And so it's not that much more time than you were doing before. It's just a different way of doing it. And when you think of it, like one creating and nurturing relationships with the guests themselves number two just using the content to stay on top of people who are already paying attention to you right it's not about getting a million new views because you know we're we're reaching the the, this whole brand new world but it's just like the 500 people who pay it who who see me and are in my ecosystem here are seeing me consistently now yeah right and there's just something also about having the microphone in front of you and just being the person who's producing and publishing stuff that gives you a level of authority and expertise, even if we don't deserve it, right? People still, you know, people still mistaken us for the experts and authorities because we've given ourselves the platform, which is such an amazing thing we have as an opportunity in today's world is to do this ourselves. Right, exactly. And you know, it's, it's so funny because I, when I, before 2020, I would run my own networking events, whether they were a young professional event, whether they were a real estate focused happy hour, whatever it mm-hmm. was. Um, and if you're the one that's running the event, I don't care what industry you work with, people are going to come up and thank yep. you for running that event. You have power, you know, yep. not that in a bad way, but it's just like right. that, that you're giving people an opportunity to come and network in a uh, area and a space that you set up for them to do so. This is the same thing. You know, I am the host. I am the one that people come to to come on my show and amplify their message because they know that it's going to get out to people that otherwise they're not going to reach. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that that's one of those things that's really important because now you're I'm starting to see things where pe- I've had two or three instances over the last couple of months where people have LinkedIn messaged me to ask me for title work. Like, can you do this? Wow. Have a deal here. Like, when on earth has that ever happened in the history of this industry and LinkedIn? It just doesn't, you know? Um, But people see it and they want to at least engage and ask questions. And as long as you open up a conversation and a dialogue with somebody because of what you're putting out there, you've won. Like, you're, it's starting to work. And it's only a year. You know, I've been doing this for a year. You know, yeah. and obviously, like, in, in, and like I said, beating the drum loudly. I've been beating the drum very loudly for a little bit less than a year, but still for a while now. And now all of a sudden, it's you're starting to see things slowly start to turn into something where 
the show is trying to generate business for me because it's that 24 hour a day, seven day a week sales rep. That's what content totally. is. You yeah. know, I don't have to be in front of their faces in person all the time. This, yeah. this does it for me. It's still yeah. me. It's still my personality. It's still the same conversations that I would have with these people anyway. Yeah. Um, but then one of the other things that you mentioned too was nurturing those relationships as well. I'm like, now what I'm trying to do and my goal, like my vision when I first started this was to take the virtual and podcasting world and eventually marry them with the in-person stuff because I could do those virtual events and I could do the podcast and that's all great. Like I think you and I vibe really well. We've never met in person, yeah. but now all of a sudden, like, let's just say, you know, we go to lunch together and we get that real in-person connection because it's just, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's just totally a different, different vibe. Yeah. Yep. And then you start putting those two things together and you're just like, wow, like this can really get some legs and turn to something real. Because what I went to a uh, in-person networking group that I'm a part of, they had probably five or six new people. Three of the five people came up to me during that event where it's like, hey, Mike Ham, Morning Spotlight. I see your stuff on LinkedIn all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, man. Like, yes, that, That's this awesome. is what it's all about. You know, yeah. and it's fine. Like I'm starting to see the the foundation of something that could be really cool and maybe generate a lot of business for me down the road. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I'm curious now, I, The as much as I, we bought a house two years ago and I, the only reason I even knew my title insurance person was because he was from my real estate attorney who was from my mortgage broker. All of them were in a morning breakfast networking group I was in, right? So like, Right. That's the only reason I knew. That's the only reason I knew them, and and that's why they all work together. So my understanding of that whole little flywheel of relationships is that it's mainly referrals that come in from you know uh, either the the real estate attorney or or mortgage broker or realtor. Is that still like is that where you're getting most of the business that's coming through the show? Like these people who are messaging you on LinkedIn, or are there people who are actually like buying their home and and they're like, I want that Mike Ham guy. Uh, both. Um, so, cause that's a super rare thing in title insurance. Yeah. Because like you said, most buyers don't mean they get sit at their closing table and they're like, okay, now write a check for $3,000 to (laughs) fidelity or whatever. And you're just like, what? Okay. And then you just do it. Um, you know, so the relationship thing is obviously big and that's why Mm -hmm. I need to know people all up and down the chain from, you know, attorneys to developers, to lenders, to realtors, to, you know, mortgage, but whatever it is, I just Mm -hmm. need to know everybody because you never really know. Back in the day, it was all attorneys. Attorneys dictated where the title insurance went. Now it's a lot different. And knowing people like buyers, and this is just a note for anybody watching that just may be in the uh, mindset of buying, whether it's a house or a commercial property, the buyer is the one that pays for it here in New Jersey, at least. So you should be able to dictate where that goes. Yeah. You know, if you have no idea, like if you don't know me or if you don't know another title rep or whatever from a, from my company or a different company, then yeah, you're probably going to be, be, be better off just hitching your wagon to that attorney as long as you trust your attorney and they have a good relationship and they've worked with a particular title company before. And that's kind of how it works. But if you want to make sure that you, you know, have easy access to a, a sales rep that has access to everybody that's going to put that title commitment together, there you go. Like, that's why I think buyers are like the top of the food chain when it comes to selecting title insurance. And then everybody's kind of, you know, plays second fiddle, you know, yeah, or third yeah. fiddle, whatever, but um, <laughs> all the way down the fiddles. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely like the relationship thing because, you know, the more people like that's with me, the more people I know, the better. And that's why I've gotten, you know, uh, deals or at least prospective deals 
from people that are in that food chain, whether it's an attorney or a, a mortgage lender or whatever it is. Um, and then a few instances where it's come from directly from a, a person buying a house, yeah. um, you know, or a property, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, so, you said something yeah. interesting there. You said the more people that you know, but it's actually a combination of both. It's the more people you know, but it's also, it's the more people who know you. And yeah. like you said about right. at the networking event is that now more people are knowing you because of the show and the content you're putting out consistently where they're coming up and they're like, Hey man, you know, morning spotlight. I, you know, see that on LinkedIn all the time. Yeah. So it's like, by doing this, being consistent and putting out great stuff that uh, that your guests are helping share and you've cultivated this community up and down the the whole orchestra of fiddles, you know, then, then you know, everybody and more people are starting to know you because yeah. you decided to just, you know, turn on the camera and, and get the mic going and build your relationships in this new online way. And, and I love that. So yeah, over, over the last year, you know, you started from scratch. You didn't even listen to podcasts, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, like what, what are some of the biggest like lessons you learned that were, you were like, Whoa, yeah, this was a game changer. Wow. Uh, so actually like, cause I would used to run my audio through GarageBand, which I still mm -hmm. do but I would only run it through GarageBand because I would add my theme song to the front and the back and have, you know, me and you talking on the same track, you know? Yeah. So that was one thing, just being able to figure out how to take two separate tracks and yeah. what to actually do, like what compression and noise, yeah, denoising yeah. and all that kind of stuff is. So that was really interesting to learn and, and level up the audio side of it because, you know, you ever get guests that come on and they're, you know, they have no headphones, no mic, right. and they're in a room that's like a conference hall and yeah. like it sounds echoing like all over the place. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, like this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously that stuff, like the technical side of it, I've, I've grown a lot in that side, yeah. but really just in trusting myself to have those conversations with those people. And that's ultimately like what I try to do on the show is just to talk to people because that I think at the beginning, I needed to write this stuff down because I did not know what to do. Then mm -hmm. as I transitioned the show into what it is now, we would do a lot of panel episodes, which was like herding cats because you try to get three to four <laughs> people on one zoom call all at once. I mean, it was just yeah. impossible. So then eventually we transitioned it, you know, all these transitions into the solos, you know, uh, just one-on-one -on -one or, mm -hmm. you know, two-on-one -on -one, depending on if they have another person that they want to have on there. And realizing I mean, I, I mentioned this, uh, uh, I was on Josh's best guest ever. And I think one of the big things that the I just inaugural started episode, right? What's that? Was it that the inaugural episode? Were you the first one? Or I don't second? think I was the, I think I might've been okay. the second or maybe okay. even third one. Oh, I, okay. I forget. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that I mentioned to Josh was the interview side of it. And I think that's what people get hung up on. If they're going to do an interview based show, like, yeah, it's an interview, but I started not writing anything down. Like I have, I mean, I have a bio usually when I start and then I, that's it. Like I don't, yeah. I mean, I have this, it says on air brands podcast at the top. That's the <laughs> only thing that I have written down because I'm just like, I'm just going to talk to Todd. I have yeah. no, you know, I'll just like let him kind of drive and I'll be along for the ride. And that's kind of how I do it too. I have an idea of where I want the conversation to go. But what I said to Josh on that show was it's like, people take themselves so seriously and they're so mm. nervous about the guests. Like you're not Barbara Walters and you're not interviewing <laughs> Saddam Hussein. Like it's really, because like that, think of that, like think of the right. intensity that you need to bring to that and how prepared you need to be. And like, I'm prepared. I mean, I listen, you know, go to their websites and check their socials and yeah. listen to other times that they've been guests, but really it just kind of comes down to trying to connect with that person immediately. 
you know, right. however that is. And I don't always do intro like prelim preliminary calls. Yeah. So it just, we just jump in and we go, you know, yeah. and like you just let the magic happen. So that was one of the things too, is, is realizing that I do, I have conversations for work. So why am right. I trying to reinvent the wheel on a podcast when I can have authentic conversations, let my personality actually shine through. And yeah. that goes back to what I was saying earlier with the authenticity and showing up yeah. as your hundred percent true self. The more you're able to do that, the more, the better off you're going to be when you're trying to build trust with people that you're not engaging with directly. Yeah. Um, and I so think that was it's also, thing. it also makes it easier, right? Like you don't have to prep. And what's key here. And I talk about this all the time is that you're staying in your lane, right? Like I know you've expanded, you have some like, you know, your big time with your NFL players and all that stuff going on. But like, you know, mainly it's, it, you've had a bulk of people in the real estate industry, which is where you live, you know, that, you know, front and back. And so you don't need to prepare yourself to have conversations about the real estate industry, because that's what you live naturally. And so that makes it a faster process for you also where like, yeah, you're having these same conversations, you, you know, this is your area of expertise. So when you know how you can stay in your lane, be yourself, just show off your personality. You don't need to prep like, you know, it's hard to tell people not to be nervous when they're on the camera if they've never yeah. done it before. But like, right. you know, it it's not anything to be nervous about, right? Like it's very low stakes when it all said and done. Like, you know, like you yeah. said, you're not Barbara Walters. Right, exactly. You know, so it's like very low stakes. And I think that understanding who your audience is. And that's been something that I've, I've also gotten better at and looking like using analytics. I mean, I host on anchor, which is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, everybody tends to have their own opinion of anchor, yeah. but it gives you information. To... Yeah. It gives yeah. you information on who listens to your show, age, gender, mm -hmm. location, you know, what kind of apps they're listening on or, you know, Spotify or uh, iTunes or whatever it yeah. is, you know, what devices they're listening on. So then you can kind of like craft your message and what you're trying to get across if you're doing these interviews to those people. So for me, I started noticing that my audience were people that were a lot like me, 25 mm -hmm. to 35 in the Northeast pri primarily. So they're, what are they? They're people that are either new to real estate, they're entrepreneurs in some sense of the word, like if they're starting a business or whatever, mm -hmm. they're just young professionals. They're yeah. people that are in a nine to five job that want to get started in real estate. So then I have somebody on that has gone through that. Yeah. And it be, really comes down to, like, I think at the beginning, I was trying to be very technical with how we talked about, you know, different things, whether, you know, if we're gonna talk about 1031 exchanges, we <laughs> got down to the nitty gritty on how to format a 1031 exchange, like snooze fest. But <laughs> even though that was a great episode, I'm sorry if, if those guys get offended to that, but that was a great episode, but you're not really connecting with what it is that they're looking for, the audience that you have. So while they're going to get the educational side of it, they're also going to learn the story. You know, like if I have a multifamily uh, syndicator who's, you know, a former teacher, you know, and then she eventually got out of teaching to invest full time in multifamily units around the country, people may think, listen to that and be like, hey, I could do that. That sounds a lot yeah. like me or like what yeah. I'm interested in. Or if they're an attorney and they're doing the same thing. Like I, I know for a fact I have audience members that are going through that exact same process of some of the guests that I've had on my show. So now all of a sudden you start building this relationship with the guest to your audience as, as well as me, because I'm the control. I'm the only thing that's here every week. So they show mm -hmm. up for me, I hope, fingers crossed. <laughs> and then they come, you know, the, the guests are there to add a story that may resonate with a person that's listening to the show. So now all of a sudden you have an engaged community that wants to connect more with that guest with me because I'm the one that's bringing them to the table to, you know, 
educate and entertain them. So I think that really understanding who your audience is and what they're looking for is is really important. And there, there are ways that I know I need to be better with that, but that's just something that's slowly but surely starting to kind of turn the tide on what the podcast is doing and the success that it's having. Yeah. Well, dude, this was awesome, man. I really appreciate you coming in last minute and dropping all these bombs today because what your your whole story and approach and to hear it, you know, from start to where you are now, and I know you're going to even explode into even more massive success from this in the future is really, a, you know, a great tale for our audience who is just getting started or thinking about getting started with a show to see what's possible and to see, you know, not to have the hangups that, you know, I'm too boring, or this is too boring of a topic, or I don't know what I'm doing from a technical perspective, right? Like, all of those things can be overcome when you just have the right mindset like you took and can create like massive success for the business. So props, man, congratulations. Your show is awesome. You're doing a great job. I love following you and being, you know, in your whole ecosystem, you know, I love and support what you have going on. The morningspotlight.com is the site, right? That's right. That is the hub. That is the hub. That's it. So if you guys want to go and check out the coolest guy in title insurance, very low bar, but he, he is at the top, uh, the morningspotlight.com and, and really go and check out his show as an example of what a great show can be for your business to help you build relationships, cultivate that community, get people engaged and, uh, and then ultimately gaining traction with actual ROI for your business business growth. So this has been officially the first episode of hopefully many in the future uh, on and off of the Ham and G's on Air Brands episode. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you on the next episode. Bye.